Do you know what truly lights you up? Today, we do a deep dive into how to integrate play and exploring spirituality to find your true self. Welcome to the Wellness Empowerment Project. I'm Trish. And I'm Julie. We are two nurses exploring holistic healing and wellness practices to empower you to be the leader of your own health. Join us as we try out new things, or as we call it, weird shit, and have some fun along the way. Welcome to another edition of the Wellness Empowerment Project. Today, we're going to be speaking with Sarah, who is a spiritual journey guide. She guides women during their spiritual awakening who are feeling overwhelmed, confused, and unsure of what is the next step. She supports them to reclaim their power, to find community, and gain clarity of their soul path forward to become the biggest, brightest, and most fulfilled version of themselves. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sarah, tell us, how did you become a, a spiritual journey guide? So it wasn't that long ago that I had a standard nine to five job. I was working in early childhood development research for a government entity and had a spiritual awakening. I realized for a while that my life was very much in its comfort zone. I wasn't growing. I wasn't moving. And I just stayed there for a while until I had a spiritual awakening that literally forced me out of that job and onto a whole new side of life that I had never explored before or even considered. That led me down the path of learning a lot, self-development, growth journey, and just led me to explore a whole new side of myself that I never really had the opportunity to explore. Through that process, I really, I learned that there was a side of me that was always spiritual. And looking back now, I can say that I had to go through those steps of working a nine to five job, having so many life experiences, because for so long, I was never even open to anything spiritual. But everything unfolded at the right point in time where I was able to actually step into that role of working and supporting women who are on a spiritual path. And yeah, that's what kind of has led me down this road. You mind sharing with us exactly how were you feeling before? What did your life look like? But also, how did you feel? Yeah, great questions. Feeling of stagnance, I would say. I was working in that nine to five job. Everything was, I thought, safe comfortable. So there, there is, there was a lot of comfort in that, right? It was stagnancy, but it was, I chose it, right? I was happy with where I was. At least I was telling myself that I was. It was a lot of feelings of staying where I am because I know it. It's comfortable. Society has told me this is where I need to be. I, I had two children at the time and this was the best that I could possibly hope for. And that wasn't the truth, right? But that was a story that I fed into and believed for a really long time until my spiritual awakening, which was also brought on by some health issues. I had adrenal fatigue because I believed my job was so fantastic, but I think I was spinning out and thinking that it was when it actually, actually examined it, it wasn't, right? I was working really long hours. I just kept telling myself, this is the dream. This is where I'm supposed to be. Everybody wants to live like this. Everyone wants to work crazy hours. Everyone wants to be burnt out on the weekends and be sleeping whenever they can. And this is just motherhood. This is what it's supposed to be. And I was just like, now looking back, I could say being burnt out, feeling overwhelmed, feeling frustrated, feeling as if you're being overworked and underappreciated, 
all of those things that come up because we feel as if we're expected to experience all those things in motherhood and being a professional really came up for me. And I just thought it was the norm until I started to really break down health-wise and then my spiritual awakening where I was like, oh my gosh, there's something else out there that's possible for me. But I think so many women don't hear that. At least no one in my world, no one in my world had broken out of the, the nine to five mold. Nobody. So it was also a very scary thing to think about, oh my gosh, I'm not happy, but what else could I possibly do? I don't want to not work, but I don't even know. I didn't even know there were other possibilities. I felt very scared, very nervous about what could potentially be next for me. I think I really tied my worth to my career, which made it really hard to leave when you feel as if you don't really have much worth or society doesn't believe that you're worth very much unless you're producing, unless you're contributing to society in some way. Thank goodness I, I had a switch in mindset, but it was a little scary back in those moments of uncertainty. So what were some of the initial things that you did to move yourself out of a place of fear into where you are now? That's the million dollar question. How do you ship? Yeah. Love it. Let's see. A lot of small steps. I wish I could say there was like one thing that propelled me. But honestly, when you reach your rock bottom, which was where I was. My identity was blown to shreds because I had identified myself so heavily with the job. My professional life, my social life was all around the job. So who was I once I left? So I was literally at rock bottom. I was like, okay, my identity is shot. Now what do I do? And honestly, it was a lot of small things where every day I woke up and I told myself, how can I get out of bed today? It was literally step by step, just moving myself. So in the beginning, it was like, okay, let's get up out of bed and let's go for a walk. That was a step for me. Let's get up out of bed and let's talk to someone today. I was brought down to my knees in that moment. And so it was rebuilding myself very slowly, but also realizing I have rebuilt myself so many times in my life. And I think so many of us have. We have different life chapters. And I realized that in this life chapter, I have an opportunity in the dark. I'm in the dark right now. And every time I rebuild myself, I have to rebuild myself again because I'm not happy with the person I rebuilt. And so I noticed that in this moment, I have a really unique opportunity to not rebuild quickly because that was always the way I rebuilt myself. Whenever there was a tragedy or something hard happened, I would just take my two weeks to get myself together and just get back out there into the world. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that this time because it hasn't worked for me. So I spent time focusing on myself building myself really slowly, trying to get to know what do I enjoy? I, I had completely blown my career to shreds by leaving and not knowing I'm not going to go back to a nine to five. But then so then what's next for me? What do I enjoy? What are my hobbies? Who am I in this moment now that I'm not a working professional? I'm still a mom and a wife, but that doesn't define me. What, what do I like to read? What do I want to do with my spare time? What are the things I like to talk about, to think about, to read? Getting into my body really helped as well. So it was a lot of exploring my mind with all those books and podcasts and just ex exploring different things. But it also was getting back into my body and doing things that were not what I would have deemed at that time fun. I was definitely a CrossFit junkie. I was into hardcore exercises. I was like, okay, that didn't serve me. I had adrenal fatigue and I knew that I needed to get my cortisol levels down and to get that, to get myself back into like my body doing slower exercise. So doing yoga, doing Pilates, doing things that were more supportive to my body as opposed to putting myself in fight or flight. Slowly over time, 
I started to reshape my daily practices. So incorporating meditation and slowly as I started to incorporate these exercises for the mind, the body and the emotional side of things, I was then able to say to myself, okay, I'm rebuilding a new version of me. This feels good. I just kept going with what my body and my mind were being drawn to and trying to do it differently than I had ever done it before. And it feels really good to get out of your comfort zone and to try things that you normally wouldn't. You'd be surprised with my body started to respond to Pilates and yoga in a way that never responded to CrossFit. And I was just shocked with how I could literally feel my body being happy. I was like, this is crazy. I've been doing all these like strong, you know, what we're told to do, right, to build muscle. And I was seeing more results with Pilates than I was with I was just like, this is incredible. Oftentimes, we don't realize the connection between the mind and the body. Oftentimes, we think, obviously, my mind and my mental state was not great. And so when I started to do all those physical exercises with CrossFit, things weren't changing for me because it's not all about the body. It's about the mind, body, and spirit connection. So it needed to be all those things for me to actually start seeing changes in my physical form and my mental and emotional form. It was when I started working on all those things together that all those changes started to happen for me not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So a lot of small things over time and trusting yourself, Julie, I think that's a really big one. It's just when you are at your knees, when you are broken down, your body, you need to listen to your body more, more than your mind because your ego is taking you in different directions. It's going wild. It's telling you're not worth anything. No one's going to hire you ever again. What are you doing? Like all these horrible thoughts go through your mind. You can get back into your body. You can ignore what your mind is doing and just calm your body, work through your body, connect with your body. It'll take you to where you need to go and where you need to start moving towards. And I think those gentle exercises started getting me to learn how to be gentle with my mind. If I'm gentle with my body, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I can actually be nice to myself. It is really interesting that when you can start to connect the spiritual and mental and the emotional, you can really see changes over time. But it's slow, but hopefully it's sturdy, right? That's what they say. The slower the growth, the more it will withstand time. Sarah, I think your story is so relatable. I think Julie and I share similar stories to yours as well. The identity and having to reestablish a whole new relationship with ourselves. And some of it is starting from the basis of what do I enjoy? I think that's a question many of us either haven't asked ourselves or really don't ask ourselves enough. And second, you really dove into taking care of yourself as a whole being mind, body, and spirit. And you mentioned about your spiritual awakening really being a crux in what's opened you up. Can you share with us how did your spiritual awakening occur? Was it intentional? Was it spontaneous? Or was it something that if you look back has crossed your path before, but you just suddenly accepted? Oh my gosh, love that. And I'm so excited to speak about it because I haven't spoken about it to many people. I love hearing people's spiritual awakening stories because they're so special and they're so unique, each and every one. At least this is my experience and it's not going to be everyone's. I have a son and at the time of my spiritual awakening, he was one, almost one. And every night when I put him to bed at around maybe the six month mark, I would start to feel tingles on the crown of my head as if 
my crown chakra was opening. At that time, I didn't know that that was my crown chakra that was opening, but I started to hear voices. And this was something that I hadn't experienced in many years because I didn't allow myself to reconnect with that gift. So as a child, I'm clear audience. I've always heard noises. I've always heard voices ever since I was a child. But I grew up in a, a Roman Catholic family, very religious. And my parents, very much thought that it was just something that children go through, but it very much wasn't. I was in their bed every night because I was afraid of what I was hearing. And for some of your listeners, in the evenings at night, that is typically when the veil is thinnest is because there's not as much going on energetically. People are in their beds, people are sleeping, people are not so much out and about. So the veil between the spiritual world and ours is much thinner. So that's the reason why you can get you can hear more and experience more in the evening hours. And when I experienced that with my son, that crown chakra and the tingling on my head and the voices, my gifts started to come back. My gifts and my childhood started to come back. And I started to remember these gifts that I suppressed over time and reconnect with them again. And instead of being afraid of them, which is how I acted when I was a child. I was seeing an acupuncturist at the time. And when I described to her what I was experiencing in my head with the crown chakra, she was like, oh yeah, she's, you're having a spiritual awakening. And I'm like, wait, what's that? So it led me down the, the road of understanding and connecting more with my gifts. It's just incredible how there are people that come into our lives that play such a pivotal role, even if it's just brief. Like that acupuncturist, I don't know if she'll ever know what she did for me by just hinting at the fact that it could be that's a spiritual awakening. It opened up a whole new world for me because it meant that I could then dive into so many different aspects. There's so much beauty to when you're feeling called to say something to someone, say it, right? Like she definitely, I think, was called to tell me that she thinks it's a spiritual awakening. And it just pushed me on this whole other path. That's a bit about my spiritual awakening and how that happened. You talked a little bit about creating yourself in this process, and I wondered if you really felt like you were creating a new self or through connecting to your body more, if you were actually finding your true self. Can you delineate between the two of creating a new self versus finding your true self? I feel like I struggle with this myself. Yeah. Because I do also have feelings of disconnection. When someone asks who I am, I immediately go to the typical, I'm a mom, I'm a nurse, those kinds of things. Who am I truly? Who am I at my core? I think a lot of women struggle with that. So that's where this question is coming from. Yeah. And I think it's a really important one. And to be honest, just as you said, I also, I think everyone does struggle with that. The identities that we project outwards and, and give people about ourselves that they can understand that society shares with us that makes it easy for everyone to put us in these buckets versus who we truly are at our core. I would say it's a little bit of both. I would say that getting in touch with who you truly are means a lot of healing work. It also is a lot of soul work. It's understanding who you are, not just in this lifetime, but in, in other lifetimes as well. Understanding what your mission is, what your soul purpose is really helpful. I know that's one of the things that I work with women on is not just understanding why you're here in this lifetime, but what your mission has been across lifetimes so that you can stand very firmly in knowing who your soul is. But then who are you in this lifetime? That's 
that sometimes they're connected, but they can be different, right? Because in different li- in each lifetime, you're someone else, but your soul it carries across each lifetime. When you have lost your way, when you are brought to your knees, when you do go through a moment where you realize that you, you need a reset, you can, can definitely craft that. You can create the life that you want to lead. You can recreate that identity. It's an active choice that you make about yourself, right? There are aspects of yourself that won't necessarily change, like where you were brought up, what country you're from, all of those things. But you can choose to turn up the knob on some of your interests, some of your hobbies, who you would like to be more of. I very much believe in being able to create your own reality. In the past, and when I was in college, I was an athlete. Like I was an athlete. I hung out with all the jocks. I did all that stuff. Now I'm turning up the volume on being a mom. And I'm I'm also turning up the volume on running women's circles and being spiritual. You get to control like a DJ to control all the knobs and you can turn things down or turn things up as you see fit. I think some people would say, doesn't that make you someone that's not consistent? Maybe your identity is more fluid, but I don't agree with that. I think we all get to make active choices throughout our lifetimes on who we want to be and what moment we want to be. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with owning who you want to be in this moment and turning up the knobs where you want to. I think that's really powerful. I think that's really important to be able to say in some moments, like, I'm not Tala's mom, right? I I am Sarah, the spiritual entrepreneur. And in other moments, I, I am Tala's mom. So it's, I think it's something that we get to control and we get to say, because it's our lives at the end of the day. And we get to make a decision on how we project ourselves into the world. But I do think that getting to know who you are at your soul level gives you a really firm understanding and groundwork, which is what really helped me uh, in those moments where things were really black of why am I here? What am I doing? And how can I really find my way in this lifetime to be able to feel as if I'm achieving my soul's purpose? Does that make sense? It's a little bit of both. I think it is fun because you get to mix the two. It's the soul, but it's also who you are in this carnation that you kind of reincarnation that you get to play with. And the soul maybe won't change, but the reincarnation and how you play with that will. Sarah, I think you gave a great answer to that. A question that is, you know, complex. I think in our science society, in our culture, we're taught to respond to these questions, right? I'm a nurse. I am a female. I am this. Our Kundalini technology we have the word called satnam, which means I am. We use that word to help us connect to our true authentic self. So on one side, I see we've done the self-hypnosis throughout our culture. So it's almost not a surprise how there is this theme of how so many women have had our identity connected with our career because for up teen years, we've been saying, I am a this. So it's almost like we've ingrained it into ourselves unconsciously, unknowingly, and did that connection. And yet we'd like to package things up into these little bows, but I don't think that's reality. Our true self, I see similar to what you said, is it is what is true for us in that moment in time that feels right, that feels aligned. That also, what that looks like to the outside world can evolve and change as we evolve and change. I think that's also a huge piece that you spoke of as well, is that we reach this point where we're like, okay, I've checked all the boxes. I've done everything that everyone said to do to make myself be happy. And yet, I think you said it, you felt stagnant. You felt like something was missing. And I think this is that big piece, right? That we are growing, evolving, and changing 
human beings, but also we're in a culture where we only really talk about that evolution to a certain point or only in a certain way and only in a certain manner. And it's, I think, a big step to step out of that box to have it look a little different. Very true. Once upon a time, society that we've created for ourselves, which is once you're married, once you have kids, it's over. It's once upon a time, right? It's a happy ending. But there's so much more complexity to that. We get to explore ourselves in this in, a, in our current lifetime. And that means doing things that we never maybe thought we would do when we first, when we were kids. And there's such beauty to experiencing the totality of the human experience, giving yourself the ability to get outside your comfort zone and learn something new, do something new, and not allow yourself to be pulled down by the weight of society, what society expects of us. Because that is soul crushing. That is a sure way to extinguish all happiness in an individual. When you have expectations that are placed upon you and you can't break out of them. It's so important to, when you start to feel that way, right? You start to feel as if there's more for me than this. To, to get out there and try something new, to get, your, get yourself out of your comfort zone, to be able to get yourself into your body, to be able to get yourself to do something completely different that no one would expect. That's when you can reignite this ability in yourself to reconnect with your joy, with your authenticity, with your voice. Maybe you might move in a new direction. You never know. I think there is almost a need to detach yourself from some of these different identities and feel comfortable with pulling on whatever coat of identity that you have in that moment because you are all of those things and none of those things. You're a mom, you're a veteran, you're a sister, you're a wife. You are all of those things, but you're none of those things. And feeling some level of detachment, our society has really led us to this point where we are focused on becoming one of those things, like all of the time. When you become a mom, there's so much that evolves around that. And what does that look like? And there's so many different kinds of moms, just like there's so many different kinds of yoga teachers and wives and whatever. I think that you need to learn how to become more comfortable with that detachment. A hundred percent. And there's a song that encapsulates exactly what you just shared. Meredith Brooks, she has this song where she's, I'm a mother, I'm a child, I'm a lover, I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. You know that song? Yeah. Right? That's important. <laughs> yes. totality of our experience, right? It's, yes. We get to be all of those things. We get to be the villain. We get to be the good girl, we get to be the mother, we get to be a kid, we get to be everything. And and that's the beauty of it. Just because we've entered into one phase of our lives doesn't mean that we're any less childish, right? Yeah, there's so much beauty to that. The beauty in being able to keep all those versions of yourself alive. Because I think society, we tend to extinguish some. We're like, no, we can't be this. We can't be this because I'm this. And it's no, they all get to live. They get to coexist, all those versions. So true, so, so true. Sarah, you being a spiritual journey guide, as you said before, the spiritual awakening, that process is very individualized. So how have you been able to tangibly, for lack of a better word, help guide people through that process, especially when it's so personal and individual and frankly can be ever-changing? Yeah, it is definitely all of those things. And I try to really connect with what me and some of my other friends 
who have gone through spiritual awakenings really needed in those moments. I came up with an offering called a spiritual pathway. And this is something that I needed when I was going through my spiritual awakening. What essentially I do when I work with clients who have woke is we meet several times to so that they can understand the spiritual landscape. The spiritual world has so many different ideologies, thoughts, perspectives. It can be very overwhelming for someone who's just, what I essentially do is I hold that person's hand and I introduce them to the spiritual world. We talk about things like numerology, human design, astrology, you name it, all the different various things, Akashic records. We get to know all those different modalities, get to speak about all of them. And then they choose a few modalities that they want to go more deeply into. And we have several sessions about understanding what each of those modalities are and what they want to learn. Essentially, what I use the spiritual pathway to do with my clients is to get them to better know their purpose. Because when you do awaken, it can be very jarring to have something to hold on to during that process is really helpful. I would not say that these spiritual modalities, that all of them are perfect for everyone. I think we're drawn to certain spiritual modalities because our soul is drawn to them. That's the reason why I introduce them to a whole range of different modalities. And then they choose a few. I set up meetings with astrologers, with human design readers. Akashic Record readers, and they go very in-depth on their reading. And the most amazing thing is these women are meeting three different readers and three different modalities, but yet they're hearing a similar story. And it just provides so much depth and so much understanding uh, and so much comfort at a time when everything is thrown up in the air. You feel as if when you're going through a, a spiritual awakening that you have to keep a lot of this private and not everyone's going to understand what you're going through. It can be very scary, very isolating. And so I work with them in, a, in this process to get their node to get another soul's purpose. But in the meantime, I'm also coaching them one-on-one -on -one through WhatsApp. So it's a combination where it's working with them on reconnecting to who they are now. They've had their spiritual awakening and really working with them to calm their bodies and their nervous system. Because a lot of that happens after a spiritual awakening, then it's also giving them new knowledge because once once you've lost that connection to the old reality, it's so helpful to have new information to plug in. I work very closely with them on the spiritual pathway is choosing three modalities to five modalities. We go into depth so that they have enough information so that they know who they are, what they're here to do. That helps to ground them. And also understanding their energy. There's so many other things that come into those modalities that sets them up for not necessarily feeling as if they've lost their connection to the old reality, but rather seeing this connection to the spiritual world as, wow, this is incredible. Repositioning that frame of mind of lack to abundance. Right now, I have so much more to learn. There's so much more to discover. That's how I work with my clients. From there, I support them in moving towards that next phase of their journey. But I really see myself being mostly there in the beginning because that's the moment. Those are the moments that are usually the toughest. Yeah, Sarah, I, I was in the middle of teacher training or when I was truly deep in it. It sounds what you're hitting on are two, I think, big points of the awakening is one, being in a community, you're being seen because when you've been stripped of your identity, you feel very much alone and isolated. And now you're creating the space where someone can be seen stripped of that, which is, I think, huge because it gives almost like this new beginning. 
portion to it and this acceptance, right, that you did not need that identity. We can now know. And the other piece I think was really integral is with exploring these different modalities that you're really introducing play and our ego, our ego doesn't like us to change. Our ego wants to keep us safe and it wants to be efficient. So any old habits that we have, it's going to hold on to. And that's why it's so hard to try new things. But if we come at it from a place of play, it relaxes our ego a little bit. And it's, oh, okay, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what comes up. And I think you're integrating that play piece. So Oh, our minds can be a little more accepting to receiving what these different modalities are telling us and exploring them from a new way and a new perspective. Yeah, 100%. That play portion is just, it's so nice after being an, an adult, adulting so hard for so many years to be like, oh, there's something new for me to discover about the world, right? Like when you're able to see spirituality as play, when you're able to see it as abundance, as, new, as something new to learn, your mind is very excited. So you'll see people very quickly change from feeling isolated and lonely to feeling, oh my gosh, there's so much I can learn. There's so much I can do. There's so much I can play with. But I want to play with it with someone. You want to have playmate. I know I felt that way right after my spiritual awakening. I know all this information. Now, who do I talk to about it? How do I connect with people? I have a monthly women's circle that I offer. And that's exactly what we do each month. Each month, I channel in a different message for the group. And we talk about so many different things. Intuition, power, authenticity. But always through the lens of soul development and spirituality. It enables a group of women to come together to actually explore these concepts that they might not otherwise have sisterhood to be able to do. I think the concept of play also makes it lighten everything up a little bit. There's less pressure, which makes you feel safer to explore. That level of safety and trust that you have really is a, a critical piece into figuring out who you are. And if you don't feel safe and you don't have that trust, you're like stuck in this place where you just won't be able to move. I really like and appreciate the concept of play and exploring new things to develop who you are. It doesn't have to be so serious. It feels serious. It does. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily have to be, right? Yeah. Let's bring a little joy into it. Sarah, if someone is in the midst of spiritual awakening and maybe they're listening to this and just realizing it, or they even relate to where you were before or where many of us were before, what's two or three things that people could start doing on their own if they want to start creating that shift? Great question. I would definitely say finding community is huge. When you are experiencing a spiritual awakening and you're feeling alone and you're feeling isolated and you're feeling as if you're not sure who you can talk to, finding a women's circle, finding a spirituality group in your location is so key. If you don't have anyone in your life that has experienced anything like a spiritual awakening, you can meet like-minded individuals at a whole variety of different community events, sound healing, you name it. So I would say trying to go out there and look for a community would be really helpful if you can't find one on your own. There's also a lot of Instagram spiritual guides that have their own communities online. That's also something you can look into. I would say something second that would be really helpful is meditating. And it's probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to learn, but it will really help to calm your nervous system 
It'll help to connect you to your gifts. It will help with realigning with who you are now that you've had that spiritual awakening. You can even start small. Meditating to me just sounded so scary to do a 30-minute meditation was just nowhere near my vocabulary. But you just start small every day with just one minute and then just move after the first week to two minutes. You could take it super easy on yourself. The amount of benefit that comes from meditating, aside from the brain science, is there's also a spiritual aspect to it as well. It's reconnecting with yourself and allowing you to see what your life is like. You're not in the midst of experiencing it, separating yourself from your thoughts and realizing that you are not your thoughts. You're a being that's experiencing the world but those thoughts are not necessarily yours. That separation is just huge in terms of your development as a soul, having this human experience. This might be your first spiritual awakening, but you will continue to deepen over time. So that's the third thing I would share, is that as someone who has had a spiritual awakening once, you will continue to learn and to grow and to gain roots in your spirituality and You will have other moments where you have to dig deep. You will lose certain aspects of yourself because it's part of your growth. Having a practice like meditation will really serve you in the long run. The fourth one is play. Everything sounds like doom and gloom, but it really is not. It's just, it's so beautiful to be able to see your life as part of a string of other lives that this is not all there is. We get to experiencing everything, including joy in this lifetime. And just allowing yourself to have fun with that and to experience it and just know that you chose to be here in this point of time, in this body, on this rock in the middle of the universe. It's just incredible. And enjoying yourself a bit and reconnecting with what makes your body happy, your soul happy, your yourself happy. It's been absolutely wonderful talking with you, Sarah. It's so inspiring to hear that anyone who is in a place where they feel like there should be more, if they're not as happy as they wish they could be, if they feel stagnant, that the answer is yes, you can have more, you can be happier. Just come at this new relationship with yourself from a place of play and have fun with it. How can people find you? Thank you, Trish and Julie. People can find me on Instagram. I'm at the Supernova Life. And then I also have a website, thesupernovalife.com. Those have all my offerings and always interested to connect with incredible women. I'm so grateful for the, the time today with you ladies. Thank you so much, Sarah. We'll make sure that we put your Instagram and your website in our show notes so that people can find you very easily. It's been a great time talking with you, learning more about what you offer to the world and you definitely bring a light with you. So thank you so much. Thanks for joining. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow, subscribe, and share with a friend. Want to learn more about a specific topic? Drop us a line on our website and we can explore it deeper with you.